I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Hello and welcome back to In Omnia Paratus. I'm Jay, like the letter, and alas, the day has come. It breaks my heart to say this, but my co-anchor, my fellow pod squad member, and my dear friend is not here with us today. But don't you worry your little nose. She will be back next week better than ever. We wanted to do our regular maintenance of running the ship ourselves. We are kayaks, hear us roar. We are overachievers who love to put too much on our plate than instantly regret it. But that's why you come back each week. Fingers crossed. And if you're just finding us, hello. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's topic is one that I'm very, 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 very passionate about. Since we've already come to agree that, in fact, glitter is a color, we get to discuss my second favorite topic, skincare. It may seem overwhelming on the surface and... It is, and it just gets more complicated the more you dive in. But don't worry, I will try to keep you on some sort of path through pretty packaging and things that seem like they should taste good. Spoiler alert, they don't. Now keep your hands and feet in the vehicle and stay on the 24 karat gold road. Yes, there is 24 karat gold in skincare. It has firming properties. Obvious disclaimer, I'm only a skincare fan who loves to Google and watch video of people going over their skincare routines and break down ingredients. I am not a doctor, and you should consult a professional or do independent research rather than just listening to what I say. I will link resources that have more technical, professional experience that I trust, and feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to share other resources. Now, where to begin? Let's start at the end, of course. The best of the best. The most award-winning, trophy-earning, bragging rights items on the market. You heard me right. I didn't say anything. Now, I promise I'm not doing you dirty like not telling you where I got my top, Typically, they come from Nordstrom. Skincare is very personal. So personal that I've gotten hives just from switching to the generic brand of lotion from the name brand. Same ingredients, same order, probably the same manufacturer. Ended with me and hives. Different products look, feel, and react with everyone. That's why the beauty industry is worth hundreds of billions of dollars. And thanks to Jamila Jamil, I recently learned that 80% of the market is women. Not just the beauty market, the whole market. Purchasers of basically all items. Women. We are smart, capable humans who would drink the magic water of youthful, glowy, perfect skin if it existed. Clearly it doesn't. So skincare and beauty brands put huge budgets into differentiating products so you buy them all even when they overlap. In summary, there are no quote bests. There are what works. And now I will get into my skincare basic breakdown. What products are a must? Products that you're actually going to continue to use. In my humble opinion, for morning, you just really need a sunscreen. It's better to prevent than to treat. And at night, you need a cleanser and a moisturizer. Let's start talking about sunscreen. As someone who's allergic to the sun, also known as having a photosensitivity, I've learned a decent amount. The first thing is you must, must, must use a sunscreen that is broad spectrum. A quick little tip on knowing the difference between UVA and UVB. UVA, A stands for aging. Those rays are longer and go through gray skies and glass, which is why it is imperative to protect arms, hands, and necks, especially while driving. UVA rays are responsible for tanning and radiation, so think about that next before you go lay out in the sun or go into a tanning bed. I think about weighing the pros and cons between learning to self-tan. And then we have UVB. B stands for burning. Those rays are the ones that burn the top layers of skin and correlate with the SPF 
on the bottle. SPF stands for Sun Protection Factor. SPF is a measure of how much solar energy, UVB radiation, is required to produce a sunburn on protected skin, i.e. in the presence of sunscreen, relative to the amount of solar energy required to produce a sunburn on unprotected skin. And a little fun fact, the SPF number doesn't mean a whole lot. Properly applied SPF 50 blocks 98% of UVB rays. SPF 100 blocks 99. So is it a little bit better? Yeah. Is it worth the extra money they charge you because the SPF is double? Nope. And even SPF 30, if applied correctly, still in the high 90s of effectiveness. So don't let them trick you. Now, what type of sunscreen should I get? Excellent question. There are two main types of sunscreen. Chemical or oxybenzone oxybenzone avibenzone, and physical sunscreens, titanium dioxide and zinc. Chemical sunscreens absorb into the skin, then absorb the UV rays, convert the rays into heat, and release from the body. Physical sunscreens sit on top of the skin and reflect the sun's rays. So if you're using a physical sunscreen, you can go out in the sun as soon as you apply it. If you choose to get a chemical sunscreen, you will need to wait 20 to 25 minutes for the sunscreen to react with your skin so it properly protects you. Now, which one should I pick? It's really up to you. The main downside about chemical sunscreens is they're known to be harmful to reefs and or other ocean life. So maybe don't use those if you're going to scuba dive or snorkel in the ocean or anywhere where there's creatures living. Physical sunscreen, on the other hand, is fine for the environment, fine for you, typically better for people with sensitive skin. However, it can leave a white cast, so maybe don't use it for weddings or other things where you would be terrified if you looked like a ghost in photos. Editing Jay from the future, coming in to just also add that People of deeper complexions, even medium complexions, don't have the privilege of being able to wear physical sunscreen. As the white cast is noticeable, even under makeup, there are some tinted ones, but the range is still not enough that it's inclusive to all people. So hopefully the beauty industry can work on solutions yeah, for that problem. Right. Thank you. Cleanser. Ideally, you'd cleanse day and night, but at least at night to get off all of the sunscreen dirt, debris from the day. If you have dry skin, look for things that say hydrating or meant for dry skin. Oily skin, look for things that say oil-free or for oily skin. Combination, same thing. And if you have normal skin, I'm utterly jealous and you can just click off the pod right now. Then moisturizer, follows the same rule as cleanser. If you have dry skin, it's better to use a cream or a lotion. And if you have oily skin, I recommend a gel. And if you're normal, why are you still listening? I'm only 98% kidding. That is the bare bone, the essential. Start with that. If you can do those three steps, even in a pandemic, then you deserve a gold star and five minutes of mindless social media scrolling. Heck, make it 10. Now time for graduation. If you'd like to do as the Romans do, or in this case, the South Koreans, let's get into a skincare routine. And not to make this podcast two hours long, I'm only going to do a nighttime skincare routine. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, there's a full day and nighttime routine. Step one first cleanse. Typically, this is oil or a balm. The main reason to do this is to get off all of that dirt, debris, oil that's been on your face throughout the day. 
And using the principle of like dissolving like, bombs and oils typically can dissolve makeup, eye makeup, waterproof makeup, lash glue, foundation, much better than any makeup wipe or micellar water I've ever used. So an oil cleanser is the way to go. Even if you have oily skin, I recommend using an oil cleanser. Now I know it might be a little bit more of a hassle than to use a makeup wipe, but a few reasons to not use makeup wipes. One, they're not sustainable. You need at least three to take off your makeup one just for mascara, and then you throw them away. Two, a lot of them are typically pretty fragrant and you don't want that touching your skin and clogging your pores and making you more sensitive. And three, people tug pretty hard. I know it doesn't feel like it, but eventually those are all going to be signs of aging and we don't want to age any faster than we have to. Step two, the water-based cleanser, the double cleanse. If you have dry skin, stick to a cream or a hydrating gentle cleanser, oily, gel, or foaming. Foaming cleansers. Foaming cleansers are great for people with oily skin because the small bubbles actually clean deeper than non-foaming cleansers because the bubble molecules take the cleanser deeper into the skin. However, this can be a little stripping for dry skin, but you know your face. So if you love a foaming cleanser with dry skin, have at it. Just remember, no microbeads. You know what brands I'm talking about. You know the products I'm talking about. Just don't go there. Normal skin, use whatever cleanser you found that works. The main thing for all skin types is stick away from fragrance. Fragrance can irritate sensitive skin and cause breakouts and the smell definitely isn't worth having bad skin. Rub, gently wet your hands and or your face, rub in small circular motions, then let sit on your skin for 15 to 30 seconds. Let the cleanser really get into your skin before washing it off. Now, step three, exfoliation. I'd recommend this two to four times a week depending on your skin type, but you know your skin best and the type of exfoliator you use does make a difference. There are three main categories. Physical exfoliants are things that actually scrub your face. Like I already said, don't use micro beads. Don't use walnut scrub. Walnut scrubs can micro tear your skin from layers you can't even see yet. So you might not feel anything on the surface, but it doesn't mean it's not damaging your skin. If you really need a cheap, fast, good physical cleanser especially for the nose i love using baking soda and a little bit of water make it into a paste scrub the heck out of it you'd really be surprised how well that exfoliates chemical exfoliants are a collection of intense acids that exfoliate dead skin cells and also sometimes remove the upper layer of living skin cells they're good at penetrating multiple layers of the skin affecting a deep cleanse there are two main types you might have heard of and seen on bottles first we have ahas alpha hydroxy acids. These are water solubles and only work on the skin's surface. These are better for normal to dry skin. AHAs have the ability to enhance natural moisturizing factors within the skin. They are mostly known for reducing the signs of sun damage, crepey skin, and wrinkles. Some popular ones are glycolic acid and lactic acid. Then there are BHAs. BHAs work on the skin surface as well as deep within the pore and it's oil soluble. So it's most preferred for normal to oily skin, skin prone to bumps, clogs, blemishes, and enlarged pores. BHAs also have calming properties. Typical BHAs you've probably heard of, the main one, the mother of all BHAs, is salicylic acid. You won't see your skin actually exfoliating with chemical exfoliants, but it will feel smoother and look younger. And lastly, we have enzyme exfoliants. These are a lot gentler than chemical exfoliants. Enzyme exfoliants, try saying that three times fast, Use fruit enzymes that are taken away from fruits, including pomegranates, papayas, pumpkins, pineapples, and others. The enzymes perform a gentle cleansing action. They still break up your dead skin cells, but they do so without as much shedding or burning as chemical exfoliants. 
step four, toner. We're almost halfway there. Good job for everyone who has made it this far. Why is toner important? In the past, it's known to be super astringent and stripping of the skin. However, that's no longer the case. A lot of toners are actually used to help replenish, calm, soothe the skin after washing, and help open up pores for future steps of the routine. However, if you do have more oily skin, don't fret. There are also exfoliating toners that will help reduce blackhead size, sebum production, and use some of those lovely chemical exfoliants we explained about in step number three. The other main great thing toners can do is help balance your pH. Why does your pH matter? When your skin is balanced, it is working optimally. Skin is the largest organ in the body. On the body? in the body. An unbalanced pH can lead to wrinkles, inflammation, aging, skin sensitivity, acne, and dry skin. Toners can assist in balancing the good and bacteria in your skin. Some toners have prebiotics that help your skin make the exact probiotics it needs to balance your skin's microbiome. Now let's get into one of those ingredients that everyone talks about and you associate with toner, witch hazel. Although it is plant-derived, and has antioxidants, it has a very high amount of tannins, which is a very potent antioxidant that can make your skin more sensitive the more you use it. And also with witch hazel toners, they dilute it with alcohol, not the good kind of fatty alcohol we'll get into in the moisturizing section, but the stripping, dry, astringent alcohols, which are not good for your skin. And unfortunately, it is unknown how much alcohol is used in the dilution process of making these witch hazel toners. I'd avoid it unless this is the product that saved your skin and it's your ride or die. Next step five, we have essence. What is an essence? It got really popular in the States recently, but it's been very popular in Korea, probably for decades, honestly. It's normally based in saccharomides or galactosides, which are fermented things. <laughs> it's fermented ingredients that help with that microbiome and that pH balance that we spoke about with toners. Those two ingredients normalize the microbiome by curbing the proliferation of microorganisms that can trigger signs of, of impaired something. Apparently I cut it off. We'll never know. Additionally, essences have smaller molecules that can penetrate deeper and carry other products with them. So anything you use after your essence will go deeper into your skin than it would have without. They're also very hydrating and moisturizing. When I started using one, changed my skincare routine. Highly, highly recommend. Particularly ones that do come out of Asia because they've been doing it longer and have better technology. Now we have step either four or six, depending, masks. Masks are fun. I would recommend one one to three times a week, depending on what kind of mask you're using and the kind of lifestyle you have. And for those on the go, multi-masking is a thing, which is where you can put like a clay mask where you're oily, a hydrating one where you're dry, a gel one where you need a little cooling one. It'll be great. Kind of the main ones are clay, are gonna be more detoxifying, sheet masks. Have no long-term benefits. And frankly, the differentiation between the different kind of things they do, I have not seen a major difference and I've used a bunch of them. They're all gonna temporarily hydrate and kind of infuse your skin, which is why for a more hydrating mask, you'd want to do it after your exfoliate in replacement of your toner and essence. But if you're using a more clay detoxifying mask, you would want to do it typically after your double cleanse before you exfoliate and then continue on with your toner essence. And then we get into the fun part, which is step six, serums. Yay, everyone's favorite part. There's a bunch of serums, small molecules, deep into the skin, have a bunch of great benefits. We've all seen serums, probably a bunch are advertised to you. Rather than going through like what a serum is, small molecules, 
hydrate, focus in on one or two ingredients. I'm just going to go through some ingredients that I know we've all seen. Maybe you don't know exactly what they do. So let's start with vitamin C. The BLT. Vitamin C brighten, lightens, and tightens. Fun little way to remember it. Additionally, a lot of times with vitamin C's, you will see ferulic acid. This is an ingredient that helps to stabilize and strengthen vitamin C. Vitamin C is vulnerable to destabilizing when exposed to air and light, meaning if you want the full reward of the antioxidant-enriched treatment, only use those that are packaged in opaque tubes, restricted air bottles, or pumps that keep their ingredients stable inside, or powders. Always beware of a light-bottled vitamin C. The efficacy is not there. My next magical ingredient, vitamin antioxidant, is vitamin E. Vitamin E naturally occurs in the human body, but can be depleted due to the environmental exposures in the absence of sun protection. Again, sunscreen, game changer. Vitamin E is also known to be very hydrating. Speaking of hydrating, hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid is magic. It helps to maintain your moisture levels, draw in moisture, also known as being a humectant, and we all naturally have it already in our skin. The big thing with hyaluronic acid is think it plumps, a raisin to a grape. There are different molecule sizes, which is sometimes why you'll see triple hyaluronic acid, three layers, because they go to different layers of the skin and deliver hydration throughout all of them. Next, we have retinol. Retinol is a strong form of vitamin A. It speeds up cell turnover. Now, a typical cell or layer of skin turns over about every 28 days, but as we age, it gets closer and closer to 40 days. With slower cell turnover, you're not going to see as results as fast. That's when you're kind of going to see wrinkles, cakiness, sebum protection, acne, all the stuff we don't want to see. So retinol can help speed up the process of that. When you use a retinol, you must, 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 must use a sunscreen or you will look like you're peeling, which is not cute. Retinol is great for very oily skin or for any wrinkles because when it speeds up the skin tone, the cell turnover process, you get to the fresh, youthful, young, glowy skin faster. The next ingredient we have is niacinamide. It's a very fun buzzword over the past few years. Niacinamide quells inflammation, brightens the skin, has protects the skin barrier, offers protection from UV-induced inflammation, improves pore size, fine lines, uneven skin tones, dullness, and weakness. So basically, everyone probably should have something with niacinamide in their life because it's magic. And then we have antioxidants. A lot of these vitamins are antioxidants. You see antioxidants on everything, like blueberries. What does it mean for skincare? Antioxidants help shield pollution, stress, sun, lack of sleep, and they can help mattify oily skin. Antioxidants are magical, which is why we ingest them in smoothies and use them on our skin. Then we have the two main ingredients for acne. Salicylic acid, which will help degunk your pores. It's a BHA, an exfoliant, and penetrates deep into the lining of your pores, reduces breakouts, blackheads and whiteheads, and benzoyl peroxide. This penetrates the hair follicles and reaches the bacteria to kill them, which is awesome. That really sounds like superheroes. I could recommend which of these ingredients to try specifically, but again, it's about your perfect cocktail. You, we can read things about ones you shouldn't and should use together, things that will be the best. Again, very personal. The main thing is if you're using vitamin C or retinol, you have to pair them with a sunscreen. If you do not, you're going to see the opposite effects. Vitamin C, when it's helping to lighten your skin, if you do not use the sunscreen with it, it will actually darken your spots, which nobody wants. And with retinol, you will peel like a dang snake. Use sunscreen. Thank you.
Now, step seven, oils. Now, one could think, such as myself, who has a relatively oily combination skin, I would never use an oil. Here's where you're wrong. Something that I recently learned, well, not so recently anymore, but that I learned, I'm pretty sure it was through one of the skincare queens I love on YouTube, Jackie Ina, who also has very oily skin. She even powers before putting her foundation on, which is how you know someone's oily. She talked about using oils and oil cleansers about how sometimes when you have very dry skin you produce more oil to compensate for that so when you actually hydrate your skin properly your skin actually can help self-regulate and moisturize within we will have my lovely co-host Angela give her a little anecdote of how I explained this to her maybe three maybe four years ago took it to heart clearly because when a Sephora worker told her four years later I got the six week oh my god look at all these new products and hydrating things I'd never knew how dry skin I had speech it is possible it is true if you think you have extremely oily skin you might actually have extremely dry skin that needs more hydration in it and it will stop producing the oil food for thought some oils you have to choose from are castor oil it is vegetable derived from the castor bean which is a fatty acid in ricinolic acid i am not a scientist as we've already gone over it's used as an emollient that when it's dry forms a solid film that can have water binding properties disinfect it with antibacterial properties and that is helpful for acne prone skin castor oil can also enhance the absorption of other cosmetic products next we have rosehip which is a great source of calming properties several fatty acids primarily linoleic and linolenic acids both of these acids help protect and replenish the skin's vital skin barrier rosehip seed oil naturally contains vitamin C but much of this vitamin is destroyed during the process next marule oil there are a bunch of fancy brands with this one on there are a bunch of fancy brands that have marula oil this oil is extracted from the marula fruit of southern africa and contains four times more vitamin c than an orange back to that brightening tightening and lightening and those wonderful antioxidants next moringa seed oil moringa seed oil is a non-fragrant plant that contains several antioxidants including zeaxanthin, quercetin vitamin a e and c all of which we've talked about such as retinol vitamin c vitamin e y'all already got this this oil is very good source of oleic acid which is a monosaturated fatty acid that can replenish the skin and guard against moisture loss all things which we love coconut oil is a medium chained fatty acid also known as a medium chained triglyceride used by itself is a moisturizer coconut oil's effectiveness is similar to that of a mineral oil now here's what i'm going to say about coconut oil buying the coconut oil at the grocery store is not the same as a cosmetic grade coconut oil the process in which they do it typically there's a process of cold pressing oils made for skincare they have higher nutritive value and typically stay in their more natural form as opposed to when you use heat in them so if you're using cold pressed coconut oil you're better but i would not recommend the typical jar you would use for like oil pulling or in your baking on your face because those can clog pores and might not be the best next we have grapeseed oil grapeseed oil has a high concentration of vitamin e those very great antioxidants and it has several phenolaic antioxidants like resveratrol which is anti-inflammatory last but certainly not least we have jojoba oil which has fatty acids can provide topical skin soothing benefits its texture similar to oil sebum that we naturally have which is why it's great for dry skin 
It also can help oily skin who's, who are prone to clogged pores and breakouts. Now, step eight, moisturizer. One of my freaking MVPs. Again, going back to the basic, the thicker, more hydrating. If you put on a little too much moisturizer, don't you fret. I'm going to go through some fun tools you can use afterward to help have that absorb. It will eventually absorb. And you can use it like a sleeping mask because your skin is hard at work while you're sleeping and dries itself out. So maybe a little extra moisturizer at night, not such a bad thing. Press it into your skin. Do not rub. Rub or tug causes wrinkles. And never forget your neck and decollete. Some ingredients you might see in a moisturizer are ceramides. Those are naturally occurring long chains of fats. They're the major components of the skin's outer layer. Skin inhibits water and movement and controls loss via its structure, which has a unique composition of 50% ceramides, 25% cholesterol, and 50% free fatty acids. Ceramides are necessary for their water retention capacity, and adding them to a skincare product helps provide replenishing and restorative benefits. Love that for us. Next, glycerin. You see glycerin a bunch in skincare, and you think it's one of the toxic ingredients, it's actually really not. Glycerin is a skin replenishing and skin restoring ingredient, meaning it's subsequently found in naturally in skin and helps establish a normal balance and hydration. It helps maintain healthy looking skin, defending against dryness and working to maintain moisture levels. Glycerin is a master at hydration and works best when combined with other replenishing and emollient ingredients. Congratulations, we've made it to step nine. Eye cream. I have not found a magical eye cream that I think is so much better than a moisturizer. I do go through phases with them though, so I'm not reprimanding anyone for using one. And in my 10 step skincare routine, I would use one. Remember to always use your ring finger. It gives less pressure to very dainty, gentle skin under there. And if you want to have a little bit of fun, look up some cooling eye patches to use, either the reusable ones or single use. I have a bunch of the single use ones I need to finish before I use the more sustainable ones, but they're really fun and just a nice little pick-me-up and a treat-yourself moment. And finally, we have step 10. Lips, lip balm, lip mask, use them. They're fun. Typically, a lot of lip products you will see have vitamin E for their hydrating, emollient, antioxidant benefits. But the big things with lips is don't forget to exfoliate your lips. They need to be sloughed off like everything else, especially in the winter. I go from using like a cute little chapstick during the year to using heavy-duty lip masks in the winter. And holy crap, do they save my butt especially with the heat on all the time and all the wind and my allergies. Ooh, my lips are so dang cracked. Find a lip mask, stick with it, share it. Don't be greedy. Share it with everyone once you found the magic ingredients. Congratulations to all made it through my 10 step Korean skincare routine. I really did run through the basics, although that might be surprising. I do know much more and I am more than willing to help anyone along who's ready to start their skincare journey or add any products into it. I will say I am aware I did not suggest and or recommend any specific products because I feel that I don't know anyone enough to just kind of throw at some generic things like, oh, for oily skin, do this. For dry skin, use this. Brands market their skincare in accordance to the audience with the ingredients they're using. And thankfully, consumers are becoming more and more aware of what they're putting in their skin, which is why I focus on the ingredient list. So you can look for things that if you're looking for something brightening, you'll look for something filled with antioxidants vitamin C, matcha, another great antioxidant, and it's also great for hydrating and rosacea. Or if you want something hydrating, hyaluronic acid, plumping effects. If you feel like you're seeing a wrinkle here or there that you're not ready for those crow's feet, retinol, and you can find products on the market that fit. If you do have any more specific questions, feel free to again message me at an Omniapod, and I'm more than willing to help. But 
I didn't want to recommend things on a general basis. I'd rather let everyone just hear what the ingredients are and find products that fit their needs and kind of cocktail it themselves. But now onto the universal fun things. Do you need these tools? No. Are they fun for little spa nights and occasionally have their use? Heck yes. Let's start off with the jade roll. These have become very popular over the past few years. It's basically like a piece of jade on kind of like a paint roller and you can use it and you roll it on your face. It helps to depuff, helps to awaken your face. Best when put in the fridge because then it's cold. And so shrinking your pores up, getting rid of, they help with lymphatic drainage. Something similar is a spoon. You can literally put spoons into the fridge and it will give a similar facial massage to help drain your face, brighten your eyes, help depuff, all those great things. And then on the bougie or more spa end, we have facial globes. These look very cool, very circular. They're glass, they're pretty heavy, very luxurious. But spoons basically do the same thing. And then we have a gua sha, which is a little piece of jade or quartz or something. Kind of like a, it's like a stone rock-ish shape and it's flat and it basically has edges. And those edges can really get in there to help with the drainage, help shape the jawline and other area, the cheekbones. You can really get in kind of places to help really drain and massage your face, which would be my preference of all those tools. I do own all of them if we're going to be completely honest, but if I can only have one on my deserted island, I'll take the gua sha. Then dermaplaning. What the heck is dermaplaning and why is everyone talking about it? Just kidding. Dermaplaning is the act of shaving your face. And no, you don't use the razor you use on your legs or anywhere else on this. They're very, 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 very fine and very, very, very mini razors. Just slightly pull the skin a little bit taut. Don't tug, just pull it till it's a little bit taut. Shave in the direction of the hair, one cheek at a time. And make sure to moisturize your skin afterward. I would recommend steaming your face first or doing it after a shower because then your pores are more open you shave it you moisturize it then you maybe even you rub some ice on it if it can be a little sensitive and then it will close your pores back up it gets rid of the peach fuzz it is not a necessity but I know a lot of people do like to do it the one misconception with it that I would like to just cut out now is your hair will not grow back thicker and longer and darker hair is on its natural growing cycle at different times when you shave your face or shave your leg or shave anything you are changing the cycle of growth and therefore more hairs will be shown at the same time than they would during their normal cycle because normally the hair grows and it grows and it grows and grows and then it's either shaven it falls off we lose a hundred pieces of hair from our head a day so think about that your hair will not grow back thicker and darker from shaving your face but it will grow back at the same time so you might think it's growing back thicker and darker but just trust me it's not next we have microneedling this always looked fun to me i have not tried this one yet but i really want to it's basically similar to a jade roller. It's a roller with a bunch of little needles on it and you roll it over your face and it does tiny little micro tears. Unlike the walnut scrub, this is the good kind of micro tear and it basically helps produce collagen by having your skin heal itself and plumps your skin back up. Additionally, helps all those products get in deeper. A little bit scary. I'm not going to recommend it necessarily, but if anyone's tried it, please DM us or comment or something so I can get a firsthand account of what this is like. And then we have the Foreo and the Clarisonic. Both fun cleansing brushes that have been around. I remember when the Clarisonic Neo was all the rage in like 2013. No, sorry. 2009 with the original YouTubers. Everyone was getting the Clarisonic Neo. It was the new one. It was cute. It came in a mint sherbet kind of pink and a nice lavender color all the rage i had a few of the bristles used it pretty consistently for a few months fell out of it honestly 
never got back into it. But if it's gonna help promote you washing your face, 10 out of 10. Just know it does not exfoliate, it just helps to get it deeper clean. But for me, it was too much of a hassle. And the end. Then we have the Foreo, which is similar to a Clarisonic, except it's a silicone-based product, so none of it gets absorbed into the bristles like Clarisonic. Additionally, it could be deemed as more sanitary because you can wash the whole thing. I have not tried a Foreo, but it has a similar thing where it oscillates on your skin to help give it a deeper clean. Then we have the really fun device, which is the new face, which gives your skin a little mini facial with a microcurrent. I've used it a few times. I was fortunate enough to get one. I can't really see a huge difference, but again, didn't really commit. It basically shocks your face a little bit. I used the under eye one once. Holy crap. It felt like I had what I assume like a Botox session would feel like. Really cool. Really recommend. It is a little bit scary because you're basically putting on gel similar to if you were getting an ultrasound and then running this machine over it. And if you don't don't have the gel on you can feel it basically electrocuting your face but it's cool and definitely you get the tightening effect if you're looking for something before deciding whether you want to go under the knife as one would say definitely worth looking into and they have a mini version as well now let's get into kind of the elephant of the room the section i didn't even really go into acne Acne just sucks, but like, can we just say that? And for me, it was a big misconception that once you turned 18, acne just went away because I felt like everyone doing proactive commercials talked about like their teen years and things that were gone as kid. Not like once you got into an adult, once you were an adult, it just disappeared. Kind of like your problems. Too deep? Sorry. I'm not going to tell you completely how to get rid of acne because there are 16 types of acne according to WebMD and there are a lot of reasons. Some things I know that people have said have been known to help are one, your diet, cutting out oily and salty foods. For some people, dairy and the hormones in dairy can do it. So those are just a few things to try. And if you have a pimple on the surface, some things to try are pimple patches. They're fun, they're trendy, they're cool. There are two main types, hydrocolloid, which were actually meant to help heal wounds and they help skin heal from the inside out, enhancing the natural process and they absorb excess fluid surrounding it. You can actually save money by buying hydrocolloid band-aids and cutting them over, cutting them instead of using a pimple patch, but you didn't hear that from me. Another one is a microdark. These are freaking expensive and I bought them to try and I have not had a pimple worthy enough of one of these patches, which cost me like $10 a patch. Yes, yes, they were expensive, but my money is your review here now, so you're welcome. A micro dart patch is a little prickly thing that basically you put on top of your pimple, similar to the other kind, but it kind of pricks you and it has all of these good, nice nutrient filled ingredients that go deep, deep, deep into your skin and draw it out from there. Hydrocolloid patches are kind of better when that pimple either did pop or is about to pop versus the micro dart can help kind of when you feel it coming on or when it's getting red before it's fully grown as I'll say. Additionally a lot of people like sulfur kind of things. I've even heard toothpaste works a clay mask you can use as a spot treatment. Things that kind of draw the area out and do, 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 do not pick, pop, whatever you're gonna do. However, if you really, 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 really need to, wash your hands, put a damp washcloth over the area, then moisturize and ideally put like a nice hydrating serum or like a cucumber or something or other. Ice, then don't touch it. You don't want it to leave a dark spot. I know I went over a lot and there's a lot more I could go into. But I'm going to kind of end it on some short little fun facts about skincare and about things just to be a little bit aware of. First of all, similarly to ingredients on a food packaging, after about the first 
five to seven ingredients. Efficacy in the ingredient goes down to less than 1% and brands can reorder those in whatever they want. Meaning because the percentage is so low, if the fragrance was technically going to be a little bit higher than the hyaluronic acid, they can flip the order. So it looks like fragrance is way, way at the bottom and hyaluronic is way, way at the top. But if it's after that first marker of like five to seven ingredients, doesn't really matter. Another thing to look out for is when water is the number one ingredient because water, depending on where it's from, doesn't do much and it just dilutes all of the great ingredients you're using. So if water is your first ingredient, don't not buy the product, but be aware that a lot of the product you're getting is not as strong as you might expect. Similarly to that, a product with more ingredients you might think is good because it has hyaluronic acid and vitamin C and retinol and niacinamide and all the things, but it also means there's less of all the things when there are more ingredients. When there's less ingredients, it means they're all stronger, so just be mindful of that as well. Expiration dates. Let's talk about them. They exist. They start the second you open a product. There's typically a little jar icon that we're all learning about. It says 6, 12, 24 months. Those are the only ones I've seen so far. Oh, there's only three months, I believe. Use them, listen to them, take a picture, set a reminder in your calendar, whatever you have to do. Do not use expired products. It's not worth it. Buy a drugstore alternative if you can't go back and afford that bougie La Mer you were buying. Don't use expired products. Next, I know I went through a bunch of ingredients and a bunch of skincare to do. A quick little cheat for it all is if you have like six skincare ingredients, you're like, crap, what do I start with? What did Jay say? Because of course, I'm sure that's what you're thinking about. Thinnest to thickest. The thinner the product, the deeper it will go down into your skin, which is what you want. So kind of your thinner things like your toner, your essence, your serum, your oil go before your moisturizer because your moisturizer is thicker and will kind of seal all of that goodness into your skin. Versus if you start with moisturizer, all of the other things can't get down to those deeper layers of your skin. Another little sad thing. When you're using a lot of these skincare ingredients, it's not to treat what you see. What you see has been developing through that 28-day cell turnover cycle, if not longer. So if you see a dark spot, you must have it must have been growing and darkening a while for you to see it now on the top layer. As much as we want to treat what we can see, you're really treating for the skin underneath and making it for when this layer does slough off. This is gonna the skin underneath is poreless, glowy, dewy all the great things. If this encourages you or scares you or whatever makes you want to go buy a crap ton of skincare, don't. One ingredient at a time. If whatever you're using is working for you and you'd like to incorporate, change, grow your skincare routine, one ingredient, one product at a time. I made the mistake of trying a whole new routine, breaking out, and not knowing what the heck caused it. Try a product for a week, see if it's a yay or an A, before continuing into more products then you will know if you have a whole routine that can work for you. If you ever do want to stray, you can always go back to that original solid star VIP products. I know I said I wasn't done with ingredients, but I kind of lied. I'd like to speak for a quick second about alcohols. Alcohol in skincare typically gets a bad rap for denatured alcohol or SD alcohol, isopropyl alcohol. These are rubbing alcohols. These are hand sanitizers. Right now, these ingredients are very coveted, but not in your skincare. These alcohols are volatile and can give a quick drying finish and immediately decrease in the skin and feel lightweight, but they're very drying and stripping and they kind of just hurt your skin in the long run. Not worth it, but there are fatty alcohols, which you might see in a lot of moisturizing projects, such as Sterothal alcohol, sterile alcohol, sithyl alcohol. These ingredients are great for dry skin. They're fatty alcohols. 
that have that help give a nice texture and they are actually beneficial to dry skin so making sure to know the difference of it's a good alcohol serotol sterile sittle versus sd isopropyl anything you would see in a hand sanitizer stick away from on your face and now my last little soapbox ted talk moment clean beauty clean skincare means just as much as natural natural brands don't even mean cruelty-free, which I was shocked, amazed, stunned, fuzzled, all the feelings about, and so disappointed when I figured that out about so many brands I used to love that I stopped using. Clean beauty is a way for you to think you're using great things and not really kind of look into it, which is why I'm such an ingredient person. Clean doesn't necessarily mean much. Some brands, when they say clean, it means they're cruelty-free. Some it means vegan. Some it means they only use natural fragrances, but again, even essential oils can be bad for sensitive skin. For some brands, it means they're gluten-free. Literally clean beauty is a very misconceiving term. There are some brands that I love and I try to stick to brands that say clean, but I don't use them because they say clean. I use them because they have a bunch of things and they happen to have that stamp. So please just beware when you buy something that you think is clean. It one, might not be cruelty free. And two, they could be just trying to sell you something to make you think you're using something good when it's really not nearly as good as they say. Clean beauty is kind of the new natural and doesn't carry very much weight. I know I just went over a lot. There's going to be links for everything and feel free to ask me any questions like I've already said. And in terms of things businesses I love to listen to shout out to Polish Choice Ingredient Dictionary that's honestly when I was going through a lot of these things where I confirmed my knowledge to make sure I was giving accurate information it's great it breaks down everything another source I love is EWG org ewg stands for the environmental working group you can type in products you own want to buy look into buying and they break down it by ingredient so you're able to see what you're putting on your skin whether it's good whether it's bad whether it'll fit what irritants it has what to be aware of those are both great resources as well as the company Credo Beauty, C-R-E-D-O Beauty. Our definition serves as the pillar for Credo Clean Beauty Standards, which guides our company's 130 brand partners and the bellwether for an entire movement. So safety what do we know about the safety of the ingredients does it present a risk to the user or to the environment whether by itself or is used in a beauty product sourcing is the ingredient sourced from nature is it synthetic or does it or is it some combination sustainability how is this ingredient grown mined or made ethics is the ingredients linked to unfair labor condition or wages and transparency transparency around ingredient sourcing purity and composition as well as the suppliers and the brand principle of processing is crucial to clean i was told by a toxicologist who came into my work one day that they have a panel of doctors and dermatologists and like real professional like toxicologist people who work for them on their board so it's not just telling you kind of the chemistry it's telling you kind of like the toxins and then as i read they have a big focus in where their products are from how they're sourced the efficacy the amount of it so i definitely recommend looking into them for your new products or things they can be a bit more expensive but they're a lot cheaper than any surgery or any facial you might want to get and then in terms of people i love to watch so for people i love first we have skincare by hiram who's blown up over quarantine with his skincare routines reviewing and informing people at a very basic level he does not have a degree in dermatology or chemistry or toxicology or anything he similarly 
helped me just much more has a big passion and has researched and has talked to these experts but he himself is not an expert in this space so just be aware when watching his tiktoks or videos that he's a good entry point but he shouldn't be the final destination then we have alicia yoon who is the founder of a skincare brand peach and lily she started the brand similarly to credo there's a big no list of ingredients the brand doesn't have it's one of my i will say favorite skincare brands they have a bunch of great things like matcha nice and mine peach extract really expensive nice ingredients and everything is made in south korea so the technology they have is just so much beyond what we have in the u.s so i love looking her and she also talks a lot about her products ingredients as well as other products ingredients as well as how to give yourself a great lymphatic facial massage on her instagram so i highly recommend looking to her then we have jackie ina known for being mostly a makeup and beauty vlogger on youtube she actually is a big fan of skincare. I loved watching her Harper's Bazaar one and she gives really great advice, especially for those who have deeper, darker skin tones. She still does like a 12 step Korean skincare routine, but some products are a little bit different because products do differ depending on your skin tone. And last but not least, we have Dr. Vanita Rattan, the hyperpigmentation clinic. I found her on YouTube and immediately sent her to Angela. She focuses on people with medium to deeper skin tones and how they need different skincare products and things react differently than on to more fair skin tones not only just skin tones but like different ethnicities need different things for instance people of color who have deeper skin tones who pick or have a pimple or wrestling are more likely to have a darker dark spot afterward than someone who has more fair skin so the ingredients to treat are different so she's a great resource all of them will be linked down below I know I geeked out a bit. This is some of my favorite stuff to talk about. I hope you learned something. I hope. Please buy a sunscreen. Please use a sunscreen. This is your daily reminder that sunscreen is really important. And I will have a link with all of the resources I use in this episode. I would not want to claim to do this myself. We don't stand plagiarism over here. And again, feel free to message me or anything if you need any help or you'd like to hear anything more about our takes on makeup or more skincare questions or hair care or anything. It's one of, as you can see, one of my most fun things I can talk about for on and on and on. And now for my first and hopefully last time ever having to read the intro. Thank you for listening to this week of an Omnia Paratus. Grab your coffee bowl and don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow... So head over to at Pod on Instagram and let us know what your favorite skincare products are and if there are any products you'd like us to try out next. Bye!